It's the RU Review, sponsored by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio with veteran sportscaster Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. We're coming up on the fourth game of the season on the road at Michigan. But first, we'll get another rough loss out of our system. We have radio color analyst Eric Legrand on the line to do just that. And we have Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press coming up later in the show. But first, a word from our sponsor, Zebra Pen. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to Zebra Pen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. Zebra Pen. Find us at your local retailer or online at zebrapen.com. And follow us on social media. And we're back on the RU Review, Steve, Matt, and John. And uh, let's stick with the positive here, guys. And and the positive is that Art Sitkowski played well. All right. There's very little positives, but let's let's stick with that. He actually had a good game. So um, that's something to go on going into Ann Arbor, which is, let's face it, going to be a hornet's nest, for God's sake. Well, we'll talk more about that, of course, with Eric and uh, a little later on with Orion. We'll check in with our own opinions as to what Saturday's game holds for Rutgers and just kind of holding serve and coming away with a close loss might be the best that you can expect from the Scarlet Knights. But yeah, I mean, uh, amid all the disappointment of the loss to Boston College, I mean, you had two weeks to prepare. Uh, You had Sitkowski at quarterback. Boston College is a middling team, though they've gone to bowl games, but not a great program at all. Uh, They were coming off a loss. They only had the one week to prepare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You add it all up, and you thought that it would be a little closer than it turned out to be. But the bright note, as you mentioned, is that Art Sitkowski, who has taken over for McLean Carter, uh, the concussed quarterback who started the season, Uh, showed a lot of why everyone was excited about him coming to Rutgers. Over 300 yards, and Rutgers certainly has had its passing game bottled up over the years. They were able to move the ball a little bit. He didn't seem to have the happy feet. I mean, a scouting report on Sitkowski would tell you, oh, he's got the happy feet, and when a quarterback does that, everything falls off. But he looked pretty good. There were still passes late in the game that— I remember one in particular, and I, it was to Blackshear out of the backfield on a, you know, where they only needed a few yards. And it was a little swing pass, and it was just a little bit behind him. So by time, you know, instead of catching it in stride, he had to reach back for it, and, and the play basically went for no gain. And those are killers in a game where they were nominally in it until that long drive by Boston College put it away. So, yeah, there was an awful lot of good. couple of things still to work on. He is the quarterback this week against the Michigan team that's a little fired up, to say the least, off a crushing loss on the road against Wisconsin. No doubt. I would have to say um, disappointing in that, as you mentioned, Matt, they had the bye week. So you're coming off of two weeks of practice. And what happens is Boston College takes the opening kickoff. Seven plays later, they get a 42-yard run for a touchdown. David Bailey takes it to the house. And then your offensive first series is a loss of two yards on first down, a false start penalty on second down, a meaningless run in the middle, and punt. So there's a team that certainly didn't look prepared two weeks in advance, uh, getting out of the gates, looking so pathetic on on their first two series. They were able to hang in the game there, but, I, I mean, let's face it, they, Boston College was going to run away with that game in the second half with A.J. Dillon and, and the way he handled well, things. Well, and what we've seen, 
seen uh, under Chris Ash is that Rutgers, because of the lack of sustained offense, you know, right off the get-go, as you said, John, they're, you know, three and out. And so the defense comes on and then the defense gets worn down. And yeah. uh, that that has been a hallmark, unfortunately, of Chris Ash. Uh, they've not been able to get much offense going. They've not been able to keep their defense off the field. And while Rutgers defense has more size and is better this year than it was last year. They just get worn down. Any team would. And, mm, uh, yeah. you know, unfortunately we saw it again. And it happened again. And then the lines uh, just didn't uh, match up well. I mean, the offensive line, defensive line, defensive line couldn't get to the quarterback. And uh, and that quarterback, Anthony Brown, he ran a little bit, but uh, I mean, he he couldn't he hit was the side of a barn. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, look, and um, but, you know, A.J. Dillon, as we know, is he, this guy is going to be playing on Sundays. And uh, he just kind of he took over the game, especially in the second half where they again, Matt, as you alluded to, got worn down. So, again, I'll, ju- I'll just go back to, you know, at least we saw something from Art Sikowski. At least we can take something out of this game, um, you know, and it, it's uh, it, it's something where John McNulty, I thought, called a pretty good game. I, he, he started off by uh, some short passes. I mean, the, the quick out to Raheem uh, Blackshear for the uh, touchdown was a huge confidence booster. And, and Art got more confident as the game went along. Uh, I thought they were a little conservative in the red zone, and that's why they settled for so many field goals. Again, the, the penalties were killers. That's coaching. Um, and that's coaching. It that's is coaching. And, and um, you know, again, I'm just uh, I'm trying to get some pull some positives out of this because, uh, you know, they're going to go to Michigan and that's the, that's a tough call. I mean, Michigan is ticked off after a poor performance in Wisconsin. And guys, that's going to be that's going to be a tough afternoon. Um, so, you know, they, they gotta be, they gotta, I don't know what they're planning this week in practice other than just, you know, I, I heard Ash was tough on them. Uh, you know, in, in, in practice for sure. So uh, Look, we'll, we'll see where that goes. He's coaching for his mm-hmm. job his life, and yeah. it may, it may not, may not be there anyway at the end. So if, yes, he's going to coach them hard. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. He understands what's happened historically against Michigan and with a bear that's awakened, uh, it's going to be even more difficult because while they're two and one, the last two weeks have not been good from a Michigan standpoint, at least last two games, uh, struggling to beat Army in overtime and then losing to Wisconsin. So, yeah, Rutgers has got to be better prepared. You're right, John. The penalties are, are disconcerting. It's been oh. a huge problem. Momentum killers. Uh, just it, it, It's just a lack of discipline. And it, it falls back on coaching. It, it starts with the players, but then the coaches have to coach that out of them. I, I think the problem here is you have to look at this Michigan game now as what a, a, a makeup. You knew going in they were going to lose. Right. It's terrible. You, you play the game exactly. We understand that. But if you look at the schedule, there are certain games. There are certain games on the Rutgers schedule where you go, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Boston College was a. Yep. possible and yeah. it didn't happen so any of the hope that the fan base beleaguered as they are any hope that they had that this season would have some light at the end of the tunnel went away uh to a degree with the boston college loss because they looked not so good on the road against iowa but you go okay you're playing a top 20 team on the road but they they should have looked better than they did, but then they, you know, Carter went out with the injury, all that sort of stuff. Two weeks to prepare at home against a team that you go, okay, we should show better, and they didn't. So now they go and they've got Michigan, and 
I don't know anyone who's expecting anything other than a loss. They're 27 and a half point yeah. underdogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to be enough. And remember, Jim Harbaugh laid 78 on them a few years back. I, listen, we talked earlier. I, none of us think it's going to be that bad, but he's getting a lot of heat, not yeah. only in Ann Arbor, nationally. And his brand, which, you know, he walked into that building as the Michigan guy coaching a Michigan team, a Schembechler guy, as the savior. And he won in his first year without his players. And he's had a hard time winning now with his players, winning big, that is. I mean, Michigan is really an afterthought now when you're looking at the bowl championship series stuff. They're certainly not on par with Alabama and Clemson and even, you know, some of the other great Ohio states of the world. So he's got Even Ohio State didn't get invited, right? I mean, right. the Big Ten got locked out of the playoff last year. Yeah, the mm -hmm. Big Ten is not what it has been cracked up to be over these last few years. So here's sort of a caged or a, a, an animal that's been backed into a corner. What he's going to do now, his team is banged up, his quarterback's banged up, his, his star freshman running back is also banged up, wide receiver um, is also hurt. I don't know what to expect, but I, I have a feeling he's certainly not going to take his foot off the gas with well, a big lead. A decisive win is important for him. I don't think embarrassing Rutgers gives him any points. Um, I don't I don't see it happening. Well, we're hoping that the, the, the 70 to seven days are behind us. Um, or what well, they didn't even score seven, did they? No, they got shut out. Seven shut out. So zero. We're certainly nothing. hoping those days are behind us, but still, um, oh, it's hard to imagine with this huge, you know, look, like the, the, the huge point spread, and uh, you know they they've closed the gap just a little bit. They've been a little more, more competitive. You hope that Art Sikowski can, can come out. I, I they're, they're gonna have a really hard time. Well, I don't know. We got Michigan's defense. I mean, what's going on? I mean, Jonathan Taylor tore 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 through them. Of course, their offensive line is. Is, is Wisconsin is is they're is, always is, they're always good. Yeah, they're known for that. But then Michigan couldn't run either, so they pretty much got dominated by Wisconsin. Well, that, so where where is Michigan? Well, that's the problem with Michigan, right? The, their defense was their strength last year, and in the off season, Harbaugh promised that the offense, because the D is down this year, the offense would be more varied, that they'd be more explosive, and it hasn't shown yet. Yeah. Now that might only be a matter of time, but if you read the comments from uh, the players and the coaches, there's a sense of a lack of direction. They don't know really who they are. They're yeah. not a confident bunch right now. Mm -hmm. And perhaps all tied into that is the injury situation. They are banged up. Uh, you know, Shea Patterson has hurt the quarterback. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been out. Zach Charbonnet, their star recruit out of yeah. California, running back. Uh, he, I think he only had Eight carries, no, yeah, eight, few on, carries on Saturday. Nothing. He was a non-factor or two. I yeah, think. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he was a non-factor. So injuries are an issue now. Mm -hmm. Their depth, generally against a team like Rutgers, will serve them well. Not so much against a Wisconsin. So that's the problem. Yeah. That Rutgers is still not in the same class as yes. Michigan. Their offense, you mentioned, is struggling right now. They. They pulled a fast one. Harbaugh brought in Josh Gaddis, Alabama's offensive coordinator from last year, and he did say they were going to vary things and really um, be the new wave of college football like a lot of these teams are mm -hmm. playing, and it just, for one reason or another, has not gelled. I mean, the quarterback was— And Jay and, Patterson's not himself, obviously. No, so he's hurt. There's something so he's up. hurt. He's banged His shoulder's up. shoulder's not great. Yeah, and so, you know, these are things that could be to Rutgers' advantage. Um, and again, that defense has to step up in a tough spot. 
And I think that's It'll the difference. It'll have to be think, the perfect, let's yeah. be honest. It's going to have to be the perfect game. Yeah, to be yeah, within 21 yeah, points. It's a shame that we're not. No, it, it would have to be the perfect game to win. All things have to go yeah. right. Michigan will have to continue to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Rutgers would have to take advantage of those turnovers and score. Right. And then make the big plays, sustain drives or stopping Michigan. It's asking an awful lot. Can they keep it within four touchdowns? Possibly. <laughs> Think but about that, that. Well, I know that's that's where I, you're at. Well, that's where I mean, it, think it, about yes, it. We're saying that. Listen, but that would have been talked about it last week. But talking about last week, we're not even talking about winning games. We're talking about staying in games. <laughs> but so. but it, look, there's nowhere else Rutgers can look in the Big Ten at this point. Mm-hmm. They are not competitive with the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Penn State. So the problem is they lost to Boston College. Had they won, there'd be a little more optimism, a little more enthusiasm, and you'd say, "Well, maybe we can lose by 14 points." Mm-hmm. That's the issue. It's get out of Michigan with your uh, reputation Hide. somewhat intact and players not hurt and prepare for the following week. Let's right. go really get early. them, guys. Let's yeah. not lose Let, by 40 but points. You're right. Well, I mean, that's a terrible – That's not. you're not going to put that up on the bulletin know, board. But, but the, now you, then you've got Maryland at home and you've got to recruit yeah, exactly. that and because getting, there are only a few chances. Like you think Michigan plays Illinois the following week, right? Mm. You, is Illinois – at this point thinking, okay, let's get fired up for Michigan? Or is Illinois looking at its schedule and say, okay, you know what? Who can we beat? Rutgers, Indiana. Like yeah. That's how it is in the Big Absolutely. Ten. And that's how right. Rutgers has to live and North their life. Glenn, by the way, Northwestern used to do that, but Northwestern now saying, hey, no, no, we can beat these teams here and there. Yeah. And so you want Rutgers to get to that point, but the reality is they're not there. And so you're just hoping that, listen, that McNulty can come up with something with Art Sikowski now that he seems to have a clue and maybe figure out something where they can move the ball where Michigan can't figure it out. Uh, at least for a quarter or so and see if you can get an early score and just kind of hold it, everything at bay. I mean, really, that's what you're hoping for. I um, mean, at some point in the second half with these big guys down in the line, these, you know, they're giving up, uh, you know, pounds and strength to this, these linemen. And, and that's where it usually changes the tide in the second half. And it's just going to be, and again, you even saw that with Boston College. So you're obviously going to see it with Michigan too. And they've got to, um, they've got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, Figure out a way to move the ball again. Again, that's the one bright spot. I started the segment with it is, you know, Art Sikowski did play well. Let's take a look at that and see if they can br- bring it into Ann Arbor and and figure out a way to move the ball again. Well, Art is certainly right out of central casting for what you'd want a big, strong-armed quarterback to look like. I don't think that is the problem with him. He's got all the tools athletically. I think the problem with him, and it was further underscored with that brainless play that he made towards the end where he spun around did a whirling dervish and just threw the ball uh, downfield that was intercepted. I I think the question with him is, again, decision-making and and also finding the right guys at the right time and when to take, you know, the three-yard gain instead of trying to throw the ball down the field that's going to be intercepted. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's unfortunate that he did that. It really killed any last gasp hope that Rutgers could pull off a miracle finish. Yeah. But he was pretty good throughout the day. He had a nice afternoon. His first really good outing of his mm-hmm. career. Let's hopefully he hopefully he can build on that and that yep. this week in Michigan doesn't uh send him back spiraling back the other way if he gets knocked yeah. all around. Well let's see what Eric has to say. You're listening to the RU Review sponsored by Zebra Pen. We'll be back after this with uh, radio color analyst uh, Eric Legrand. 
When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to ZebraPen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. ZebraPen. Find us at your local retailer or online at zebrapen.com. And follow us on social media. And we're back with our frequent guest and friend, RU Radio Color Analyst, Eric Legrand. And Eric, our fears were pretty much realized. Again, the offense, though a little bit better, did not do enough. And then A.J. Dillon, who will be playing on Sundays, was just too much and just wore, wore the Rutgers D down in the second half. Um, you know, listen, the offensive line and defensive line were challenged, you know, all game. And it was uh, it was just a rough go, especially in the second half. And, you know, I'm wondering with Art Sikowski playing better, why they couldn't put more points on the board, Eric? Yeah, it is, it's interesting to wonder why they couldn't get more points on the board. And I was talking with Coach Ash yesterday, and he was trying to explain that there was, you know, five, six plays in there that you wish that you could have back or that, that you could redo over because those are plays that 10 guys, 10 people are doing their job and just one person missed, missed a blocking assignment or another guy through or didn't go to the right hole. There was about five or six of those plays where it could have been more points, and especially with the game that Art had. And he was protecting the ball, you know, at that last, you know, the last end of the game. He wish he would have not thrown it up on third down, but he played a pretty well game for Art, throwing over 300 yards. And was, that was nice to at least see, but A.J. Dillon, yes, on the defensive side, he definitely did wear them down. That 18-play drive when they were down by eight points just put them pretty much with the nail in the casket for the Scholar Knights. And penalties killed him. 11 penalties, 100 yards. Now, listen to this. Last in the Big Ten in penalty yardage, 125th in the nation. So they're playing pretty sloppy football. That is, you're not going to win games like that. You cannot go out there and have that many penalties. On a team that, that's relying on, you know, things to go their way, and, uh, you know, when it comes to the penalty margin, and also when, you, when you're not maybe as skilled as some of the teams that you're going to play, like Michigan, Ohio State, you have to play disciplined. You have to play tough. That's how you overcome those bonehead penalties. You cannot have that many penalties against you. when you. Well, I'm not going to say the offense uh, was, uh, was actually held to task because Hart did what he needed to do out there. But when the offense usually does struggle, and you have that many penalties, it's hard to win. And like you said, 125th in the country in, in, in penalty yards, that's, that's insane. You, you can't have that to, uh, as a formula for success. And here they are Saturday getting ready to take on the Michigan Wolverines. We'll talk a little bit more about that game in a moment. But let me ask you uh, about just your general thoughts. I mean, we know what's happening around the program, all the noise involving Coach Ash and the disappointment of the loss on Saturday, uh, especially with a, a week to prepare and I won't say a middling opponent. I mean, BC has gone to bowl games, but at any rate, uh, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts about what's happening around Rutgers uh, as they are about to really jump into the big meaty portion of their schedule? Yeah, they're going to need some things to go their way. Now, I don't, I don't know if it's going to actually happen for them. It's, it's 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 rough to see because you know how hard the guys are working, and you know what the grind is like for those guys when you're not getting wins on Saturday. It's like it all goes for not because you work all hard all summer long, all winter long, all spring long, and then you get to these whatever 12 opportunities you get to play the game. And when you're putting up a lot more L's than you are W's, it's just like, dang, like, well, what can we do to make this go our way? And right now in Piscataway, a lot of people are sitting there scratching their heads like, what, 
what are we doing? Like, why can't we just get something right? Because if you saw that Boston College team was definitely not that good of a team. They had a lot of injuries on defense and a lot of young guys out there. And the Scarlet Knights should have been able to put up, as you said earlier, more points on that that defense, and they were not able to get that job done. And it's like, where do we go to next? Plus, they had a lot of Jersey guys on that roster when they when they come in and uh, beat you on your home field with uh, with kids right around the corner. That makes it tough. Eric, I wanted to ask you, um, being the old defensive stalwart that you were, to see someone like Tyshawn Fogg with 15 tackles on the afternoon, that's got to make you proud as a, as a former defensive player yourself. Yes, it does. I, I, as you guys know, I, I said I was going to be my guy to watch this year from the very beginning. Yes, Tyshawn you did. Fogg is, is an absolute playmaker out there, and he goes out there and gets the job done. He knows where he needs to be. He knows how to get the defense set, and he's a leader of that defense. And a lot of people don't look to him as a young guy, too, because he still has another year after this. And people are looking at him as a younger leader, like, wow, Scott goes out there and does everything on and off the field the right way, the proper way. This is what that's everything you want in your locker room and what you want on the, on the Saturdays on that football field. And going back to what you you brought up about this Jersey guys, John, uh, that, was, that was tough to swallow. Steve Adazio in his press conference after the game mentioned how they're going to keep on recruiting Jersey. They love getting the Jersey kids. They love mm-hmm. their Jersey toughness, and they love them coming up to Boston College yeah. to represent. And that that one hurt. That hurts. That no one no hurt. question. No, no question that about it. Yeah. And, hey, Eric. You know they they give up another big run, another opening drive. Uh, this uh, David Bailey this time wasn't even AJ Dillon, and he went untouched. I mean, what happened on that play? Because that was just a killer, and it was just too easy. Again, a really easy touchdown early on, which kind of puts Rutgers in the hole right out of the jump. Yeah, I'm glad you actually brought that up because we talked about that yesterday as well. That was a misfit of the defense. The safeties came down to close to the line of scrimmage instead of funneling out to their gap on the outside because they hit on the outside of the play. It was like it was one of the power plays, but actually hit on towards the outside of it where the safety's supposed to come down. And he got all caught up in the wash on the inside. And boom, as you see, went uh, Bailey took it right up the sideline for 40 yards for a mm-hmm. touchdown. But they cannot start slow like that. Yeah. You can't. If this, this team cannot get behind if they want to win games. They're the ones that have to start fast. You know, those first 15 plays are called starter plays on the offense. You have to be prepared for those starter plays. Usually they're mixed, mixed up between what they see on film, those first 15 plays, where they're going to try to punch you in the mouth. But you got to be able to sustain those and make adjustments right then and there on that drive and get off the field and get your offense out there because starting slow like that, you see what happens if they're not built to come from behind and be able to put up enough points to win games like that. Mm-hmm. And that's been a little bit of a hallmark of this Rutgers team over the last few years. And that's that's why everyone is so frustrated and why the drumbeat is that a change is needed. We can talk about that a little later in the season, but that is certainly surrounding the program. Tell me why Art Sitkowski was able to have that breakout day. What happened? Uh, is this the step forward? Certainly it was, but is this what we've been waiting for? Rutgers fans have been waiting for. And what might he be able to do against a Michigan team that, while on a different level, is going through turmoil of its own? Yeah, and that, that Art, he needed that game. Everyone knows how hard he works and what a great kid he is. You know, and he, he dealt with, with this whole situation with nothing but class and just puts his head down and goes to work every single day. And he needed to have a game like that for his confidence and everyone pretty much because everyone knows what they expected from him. And he showed a glimpse of that out last Saturday. And now you see the photo. Okay. If he can do that, I know we're Boston college. A lot of these big 10 teams are going to be 
better than him, but it shows you what he can do. Reading the defense, not just looking at one guy, and if it's not there, just throwing it away. He was actually reading the defense down the field. First progression, second progression, third progression, and then throwing the ball, you know, tucking the ball when he needed to. You know, he, he, was, he looked like a real quarterback back there. Po- poised, he didn't look all nervous, and didn't know what to do with the ball like he did as a freshman. He looked very poised back there, and that's a huge step for him going forward. And we're really going to see him this week now versus Michigan, who's going to yeah. be pinning their ears back and coming for him. Yes, they are. No question. No doubt. Eric, talk a little bit about the uh, wonderful ceremony they had that honored Paul Robeson, where they had his granddaughter come out. Mm-hmm. The legendary Rutgers alum who's in the College Hall of Fame, was a two-time All-American. That was a really special moment. I know that his granddaughter had a chance to speak with the team and to uh, really put Rutgers' best foot forward in that respect. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, I remember when I was at Rutgers, it was all about leaving a legacy. And what a legacy Paul Robeson did for long, as he's been gone for such a long time, still his legacy still rang, rings on the banks of the old Raritan. And being able to honor his granddaughter, I'm sure it was something special for his whole family because you don't want to be forgotten for everything that he went through, everything that he had to deal with in those times playing that record. I believe he was a class of 1919, Jesus. Yeah. 100, <laughs> 100, 100 years ago. That's right. Just imagine all the things that he had to encounter with at, at that at that time uh, in our in our country and mm-hmm. what he had to deal with on a daily basis and be able to overcome and be so successful the way he was is just truly amazing. Just someone that you really want to represent the university and his family should be honored for that. So I thought it was a great job. But even the choir singing at halftime and all of that, it was really cool to see. Terrific. Yeah, nice nice job by Rockers there. Well, Eric, here we go. Um, they're going into a hornet's nest. They're going to Ann Arbor. Michigan, <laughs> Michigan gets smoked by Wisconsin, so it's kind of the, it's, it's, it's a perfect storm here. Uh, they're coming home. They're angry. Um, here comes Rutgers uh, not playing good football. Let's face it. I mean, so what's the plan? I mean, we did talk about Art Sikowski. He did show up on Saturday. Uh, he did play better. Uh, you know, it's they've had a very hard time establishing the run. Again, they're going to have a very – if they can't run against BC, how are they running against Michigan? So, you know, they've got to put it on Art's arm in some way. I mean, what's the plan in our, Ann Arbor, Eric? Uh, the plan in Ann Arbor is going to be – you got to – that – talk about starting fast. You need to start fast. And you know when a team come, that's struggling like Michigan is right now, if you can make them start second-guessing mm-hmm. themselves – then I believe you can make this game give yourself a shot and make it very competitive because if you can come right off the bat and punch them in the mouth after how much they've been down this year, especially coming off that game versus Wisconsin, those guys are going to start to look around and say, here we go again. And that's crazy to say that from Michigan, but that's how down there that they have been in. It starts giving their quarterback, Shea Patterson, a bunch of the doubt. Everyone else like, whoa, what's going on here? How come it's not working? How come it's not clicking? But if you let them come out and score right away and then dominate you on defense, then that confidence is right back. And they're like, yeah, okay, we're about to run right through these guys. So talk about Coach S doesn't have to only hit them with a few jazz. He's got to hit them with a haymaker coming right off the bat and be like, <laughs> whoa, what did I just get hit with? That's how it has to happen for the Spartans that they won't have any chance to be to win that game and be competitive in that game. And, hey, Pacheco had a long run last year. We all, that was the highlight of last yeah. year's season, pretty much. And listen, Jonathan Taylor ran all over him. Of course, that's Wisconsin's mm-hmm. offensive line they're running behind, and it's Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, Raheem Blackshear uh, had a good Saturday as well. Um, you know, they've got the skill positions. Do you think it's possible they can run the ball? 
I, I would think so. You know, you saw with Boston College did. They loaded that box up and mm-hmm. they said that we're going to put the ball in Art's hands for him to beat, the, beat us. But Art actually went out there and performed like he put over, three, over 300 yards. So that might give him, uh, oh, mm-hmm. maybe we do have to respect his arm a little bit and we can't have a guy up in the box every single play. And that may, might open up some running lanes for Pacheco because they keyed in on Pacheco. They were Boston College, so we're not going to let him get off and running on us. And they're going to put their hand, the ball in Art's hands and Blackshear. But if they can get that guy to drop back and not have eight men in the box and keep it at seven in the box sometimes, I think we'll be able to find some some room on the ground for for Pacheco to get up, get, do what he does best. He's like a sonic headshot. Just goes forward and falls forward. Right. He loses any yards when he gets tackled. Here's an idea. Why don't they come out and run the triple option that Army ran down their throat a couple of weeks <laughs> ago? You know, that'd really be a... Uh, a uh, mind uh, eraser for for Michigan. They wouldn't know what hit them, but you know they got to try and do something. You know, we talk about their offense each year, and their best players are their skilled players on offense. You said Pacheco and and Blackshear, and if they could get them out in some space and really uh, maybe put this game on the offensive line again to try and move the ball. I think I see where other than Rutgers, which ranks last in the Big Ten in rushing uh, yards allowed, Michigan is second to last. So maybe they can. Uh, take advantage of a weak defense in that respect. Yeah, I'm, I, when you talk about you know getting those guys into space, I'm all about that. And it kills me when I see sometimes they call plays to the boundary, which means they're on the hash cone towards the um, to the sideline because you can use that sideline as an extra defender. You need to run play those outside plays to the field, especially with Blackshear, even Pacheco, and Bo Melton. As we see how fast he is, you have to run plays with them to the outside. To the field, though, not to the to the boundary, because you use that boundary as an extra defender. And I want to start seeing that more because I see a lot of times they'll run these zone plays or these toss plays, but they run them to the sideline, right to the boundary, and you're like, no, get get these guys in <laughs> normal space because you see what they can do when they get the ball in space. It's pretty damn impressive. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and we saw it on Saturday. The big quick out and uh, Blackshear takes off. I mean, and, and it gave Art a lot of uh, confidence. So maybe we can see a little bit of that in Ann Arbor. And let's hope so, because it's going to be quite a challenge. And, you know, if they don't get something going on offense again, it could get ugly. And uh, we hope, uh, obviously, for the best. And uh, you got to get going, Eric. So uh, thanks for coming, of course. And we'll be back with Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to ZebraPen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. ZebraPen. Find us at your local retailer or online at ZebraPen.com. And follow us on social media. And we're back. You're listening to the RU Review, sponsored by ZebraPen. And on the line, we have Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press, Oh, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Well, we'll get to the game on Saturday, but first let's talk about the Wolverines because there's a little trouble in paradise, Orion. Oh, how, how much heat is uh, Harbaugh taking these days in Ann Arbor? Uh, a pretty significant amount. I, I wouldn't say anything like his heat is warming up or anything like that, but obviously um, there was already unrest with his inability to win big games heading into this year, and then Saturday's loss at Wisconsin didn't do anything to help that. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of consternation that the fan base isn't feeling too good. Um, and Michigan honestly was completely outplayed. They, they didn't look prepared even after a bye week. And so there are some signs that, that maybe this season is not going to go the way that people anticipated it would. Where's the big problem in your view? 
Honestly, both both sides of the ball have, have kind of struggled here. Um, the new offense, it doesn't look cohesive. Um, they, they can't decide if they want to run the ball or if they want to pass the ball. Um, and, and when they do, it doesn't look good. I think they're averaging 3.5 yards per carry and just over 100 yards rushing per game. But that's pretty bad um, and uncharacteristic for a hardball coached team. Uh, the passing game has not been crisp. Uh, routes aren't developing. Guys aren't open. And then the timing is off when guys are open. And, and they're missing out on some big plays there. Uh, pass protection has not been that good. I think they're number 94 in, in sacks allowed, eight sacks allowed through three games. So that's also an issue. And then looking at the defense, it's quite simply, it just isn't as talented as it was last year. I think everyone could see that uh, given who left for the NFL. But uh, they're having some trouble replacing some of those guys there. Well, even though they're struggling right now on both sides of the ball, Michigan is still Michigan. And back here in Jersey, you know, we look uh, to them as being a formidable team to play against. What does the, you know, day-to-day Michigan Wolverine fan, either on campus and stuff that you're reading uh, in the papers, what do they think of Rutgers as a whole? I mean, they've been pretty much non-competitive in much of their time that they've been in the Big Ten. So, I mean, it's not as if they're just going to put this on the on the win calendar right off the bat. But what does the regular Michigan Wolverine fan think of a Rutgers team that's coming in on Saturday? Um, that, that's a good question. I, I think they would think of it much like you just put it. Um, Rutgers hasn't been that competitive um, over the past few years. I think most Michigan fans remember the 78-0 game a couple years back. Um, they remember last year's game. Um, so I think the, the overall impression is that most people expect this week's game to be an easy win for Michigan. Yeah. So, all right, uh, Wisconsin ran all over you guys. I mean, Jonathan Taylor behind Wisconsin's line, of course. But it, do you think there's a chance that Rutgers with, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, you remember he had a big run last year against you guys, with a, mm-hmm. and, and that defense was, was amazing. Uh, do you think uh, there's a chance that Rutgers can establish the run? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because, uh, obviously, a lot of people remember Pacheco's 80-yard uh, touchdown run last year's game. Um, Michigan's front is not quite as stout. Um, there is some depth issues on the interior of the defensive line, and Michigan tried to play some games against Wisconsin. Um, they put a linebacker uh, in a three-point stance, tried to have him shoot the gap. That didn't quite work. Um, basically, the scheme, you could tell that Michigan knew it was outmanned up front against Wisconsin, and it was trying to do all these different things to, to sort of deal with that, and it didn't quite work out. Now, obviously, the, the caveat here is that it was Wisconsin. Um, you know Wisconsin's offensive line and, and the talent they have there. Um, so we'll, we'll see if Rutgers can maybe replicate some of that. I'd probably lean towards no, but I think they, they can have more success than they did in, in the years past. And I think at this point, that's all that the Rutgers fan base can hang its hat on. Uh, the fact of the matter is you look at the schedule and in the East, no Michigan, no Ohio state, no Penn state. I mean, you just go down the list being competitive is, is the level they're trying to get to against the big boys in the big 10 and in their own division. What's the injury story on the Michigan front? Who are we going to see at quarterback from the Wolverines? And uh, we'll, we'll dive into some of the other injuries as well. Yeah, you'll see Shea Patterson. Uh, he's probable. He was banged up a bit. He's been banged up all season, actually, but but he'll be there for quarterback. Um, his backup will be Joe Milton. Dylan McCaffrey had a concussion and, and won't be available this week. Uh, and then looking at the rest of the offense, 
Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones came back from injury against Wisconsin, but it sounds like he's still working his way back. I honestly don't know if he'll play this week. Wow. Um, he was a game-time decision and, and didn't practice leading up to Wisconsin, so we'll see if he gives it a go this week. Uh, Zach Charbonnet was limited against Wisconsin. Um, they, they really worried about his workload and didn't give him that many carries or touches. Um, so, so we'll see there. They're, they're still continuing to manage his injury situation as well. Uh, left tackle John Runyon Jr. was back against Wisconsin. I think he's full go. A tight end, Sean McCune, got hurt against Wisconsin, and he's doubtful going forward. Uh, running back, True Wilson, was hurt in the season opener and, and didn't play in the next two games. I think he's also doubtful for Rutgers. So the offense is uh, kind of banged up. Um, some some key players dealing with some stuff there. Do you think, Orion, that that is uh, the main reason why Josh Gaddis and his new offensive system that they brought with him from Alabama. Do you think that's mainly the reason why they've struggled so much right out of the gate? Um, I, it's part of the reason, but I, I wouldn't really chalk it up just to the injuries. Um, th- there's been a lack of execution, um, a lack of cohesiveness. They, they, they can't really hang their hat on doing one thing good. A lot of turnovers, um, really, too, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the turnovers is what I was going to bring up next. Michigan yeah. has a lot of Moments of adversity that it's really just brought upon itself. Um, they've had three consecutive opening drives end in lost fumbles, um, and they aren't really responding well to that. So um, I'd say that the fumbles, turnovers, that's the biggest issue. Well, and Gaddis talked about that yesterday when he spoke uh, with the media, and he talked about a lack of confidence uh, you know, with the turnover, with the inability to sustain a drive. And I found those comments refreshingly honest, but at the same time, I would find them troubling from a Michigan standpoint because this is the Michigan Wolverines. You know, this is a team that should go out and say, look, yes, we're bringing our history with us. It's not going to help us in any particular down at this moment, but we should come out with a better thought process about where we're at. So I, I found, again, honest, but a little troubling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he just did his best to sort of diagnose the issues that are going on with the offense. I think the thing that really struck me the most about this past week is that um, obviously you, you look at the opening drive that Michigan had, they get a 68-yard pass play. They're at Wisconsin 7. They're already down 7-0, but here they have a chance to sort of tie it up and, and seize back some of the momentum in a hostile world environment. And then they fumble the ball away, and that really was so deflating for that team. Um, they really just couldn't recover from it. And, and they said after the game, they said after the game, they said this week that that fumble really killed them. Um, it really hurt the offense, and they, and they just couldn't recover and, and respond to that adversity. And, and I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, well, the score was 7-0. You know, like mm-hmm. it's football. Like things are going to happen. You have to be able to recover from that. Um, and it's just not good enough to say like, hey, we had a fumble in the first quarter and, and that tanked us the rest of the game. You, you just can't be a good team and say that. Getting back to uh, Coach Harbaugh, how does he – handle the you know sort of negative press and um uh, in his press conferences how is he with the media and that said will he take that whatever venom he has with that will he take that out on Rutgers and maybe not run up the score but certainly not take his foot off the gas say in the fourth quarter yeah um he's never really he's never really been the type to sort of just let up on teams I think you've seen that over the years um, whether it's Rutgers or another Big Ten team, he's sort of always, you know, been aggressive going into the second half, going into the fourth quarter. So I think um, if they get the chance, I don't think they will do that this, this this week. I think they'll they'll do what they've always done and keep going, keep pushing. Um, with the media, I don't think he's been that different. I mean, it's just 
he's, he's closed off. Um, a lot of coaches are, I know that, um, and it hasn't really changed. Obviously, um, it's probably a little more combative now than it was before, but yeah, it's always kind of been like that. So, Last one for me, and I'll let you go. Maybe Steve has a follow-up before we conclude the segment, and that is just your observation as to what we will see on Saturday, what you think will transpire in Ann Arbor. Um, I, I take Michigan to win 34-13, I think. Um, I think Rutgers will have more success on offense than it has in previous years. Um, I like the little running back combo they have there. Um, Blackshear seems like a pretty nice weapon in the receiving game. Um, Bo Melton looks like a big play threat. Maybe they can spring one loose with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think Michigan will dial it up and try to pressure the quarterback. Um, I think they'll try to get to him and, and get in the space, make him make some hasty decisions. Um, and then Michigan's offense, I think, will probably try to rededicate itself to the ground game. They had 19 carries for 40 yards against Wisconsin. That's just uncharacteristic. And, and you can't really win too many football games with just 40 rushing yards. Well, my one more for me, Orion, and that is that, you know, one of the positives coming out of the, the game on Saturday for Rutgers is that Art Sikowski was actually effective. And mm-hmm. uh, we hadn't we didn't see that at all last year. It was by far his best game for Rutgers. And uh, I just want to get your thoughts on him going up against uh, Michigan's uh, defense, their D-backs, their uh, defensive line. Do you think he's uh, he got an opportunity here to, to have another big game as he did against Boston College? Yeah, he, he might. I, I think um, the thing that stood out to me, I, I saw him at a camp at Michigan, I think a couple of years ago, actually. But the thing that always stood out to me was he has a really big arm. Um, it's just about, um, it seems to me, it's just about uh, putting that together um, with his vision, his, his pocket presence, and all those other factors that go into quarterback play. Um, I, I did notice he played pretty well against Boston College. I think it was a career-high game, right, in terms of passing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in order to translate that, I think his line will have to keep him protected. Um, help him avoid pressure, and, and he'll have to step up and make some big throws in the pocket. Um, Michigan's passing defense isn't as stingy as it is in previous years, so there's definitely plays we had, um, but it's all about keeping the quarterback clean. Well, Orion, thanks for taking some time with us. Really appreciate it, and we hope to have you back uh, another time. Yeah, for sure. Great talking with you guys. All right, thanks very much. Thanks so much. Yep, take care. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to ZebraPen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. ZebraPen. Find us at your local retailer or online at ZebraPen.com. And follow us on social media. And that's Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. And I think he's being nice with a 34-13 final score. I mean, I I, I see it being a little worse than that, uh, only because I, I just can't see them going up going in in front of 110,000 fans and and performing. I just, uh, that's how I feel right now. And I just think it's going to be a rough go, rough afternoon. There's no reason to believe it's, it, it won't be any, anything other than that. And I think we're going to be in that, that 49 to seven range. Well, Rutgers is a serious underdog as we have discussed. I don't know that he was being kind per se. I don't think he said, Oh, I'm talking to the RU review. So I can't yeah. say what I really think. Obviously he predicted, predicted yeah, it, it was earlier. a prediction. So, what it points out, though, is mm-hmm. right when you're really close to a story, mm-hmm. you you see it differently. So he has now seen this Michigan team struggle to beat Army, struggle big time in the loss to Wisconsin. It's not as strong a Michigan team. It's more now a label at this point than what it might be. 
So if Rutgers can get past that, uh, we see it differently because we see Rutgers all the time. We go, no, how are they going to compete against Michigan? So it's really interesting what the mindset will be. Uh, maybe Rutgers can keep it that close. I, I, I wonder whether it's 34 nothing and two late touchdowns make it 34-13 mm-hmm. in his mind's eye. Or is it a game at halftime? Is it 21-13, but then Michigan dials it up? I think the outcome is accurate. I think it will be a Michigan victory. Uh, there are no moral victories at this point for Rutgers, yeah. but if they want to salvage anything from this season, the two big things we talked—excuse me—we talked about it earlier. Get out with your health, and get out with uh, you know a little bit of your reputation intact. Meaning, don't get crushed. Right. Come yeah. out with some get pride. Ready to go home and play Maryland. Exactly. Healthy. That's, exactly. That's yeah. what happened to Michigan last week. They were down 35 nothing, and they scored two meaningless touchdowns to make it the final score that it was. Listen, if they can be in the game at halftime and, and actually have something to play for in the second half, I think that's a moral victory. But when you're, uh, when you're just lining up moral victory after moral victory, it tells you what sort of mal- yeah. a malaise your program is in right now. Well, I just see, you know, Michigan loading the box. They're going to say they're gonna, not going to let Pacheco hurt them. And they're going to force Art Sikowski to go to the air. And, you know, they, they're athletic enough back there. Their DBs are athletic enough. I just think it'll just be it's just going to be a tough, it's just going to be tough to move the ball again. And, um, you know, and even though Art had a good game, they only scored 16 points against BC at home. So yeah. what can you expect in Ann Arbor? Uh, and not so, to throw cold water, but 75 of those yards that he passed for came on one on play. On one play, correct. So correct. that was so, a little eight yard out that went yeah. the distance. So. But listen, he played much he better. So no I doubt. mean, that's the one thing you can hang your hat at is perhaps no doubt. perhaps he can uh, find lightning in a bottle and then get the ball downfield and find receivers. Maybe that's that's the new art that we're going to see here. So well, he's um, gonna let's, find let's hang on to that and, and, uh, and we'll see. But uh, I think we're all all pretty much uh, bracing for a rough afternoon uh, in Ann Arbor. I see. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yep. And that'll do it for uh, this week's RU Review. It's sponsored by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'd like to thank Eric Legrand and Orion Sang for joining us today. I'm Steve Titchener here with Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And we'll catch you all next week for another edition of RU Review. Bye-bye. <laughs>